Welcome, everyone, to Nonproductive's Late to the Party rewatch of the modern cult classic and Disney Channel original cartoon, Gravity Falls, the only show that is a grassroots effort to give you its own merch. And also is the award-winning cartoon show created by Alex Hirsch, starring a lovable cast of characters and their encounters with the wild, wacky, and weird supernatural creatures of Gravity Falls. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for having us, James. Real factoid sounds like crap again, but all right, let's go. It is a real factoid, I promise. Michelle looked it up before we started. It's real on the internet. (laughs) It's very real. That's what we're promising. Google said so. Somebody said this and put it on the internet. I can vouch for the fact that they had no no merch at Disney World as of last week. Also, everything we've ever ordered that is Gravity Falls related in my household has come from not Disney. Like Etsy. Ooh. It's like something else. Hmm. And then all the books, all the books are not uh, through in my Disney publishing directly. I think they're co-partnered with Del Rey or something. Yeah. Well, so I didn't really expect there to be follow-up to my. The more you know, know. But we all right. got specialty hey, posters. The, it doesn't mean it's the only show that does that. Though. This is really crazy. This show really blew up. Blew up craziness. So yes, we are going to talk about. Honestly, I think at least two of the most important episodes of the entire show, um, and we have a full cast of characters here to do it. The first episode we start with is the 11th episode of the second season, Not What He Seems. Finally. After Agent Powers and Agent Trigger take Stan into custody, Dipper and Mabel begin to wonder how much they actually know about their grunkle Stan. Woo! Uh, Yeah, I was looking forward to this episode for a while. I think Pete and I both had our suspicions about mm-hmm. what the reveal was going to be. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I feel like I was pretty much right on the nose Yeah, I what it turned out to be. I, 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 so, here's the thing. I'm not sure how I pre-spoiled this for myself. Maybe it was sourcing graphics for this, and I, orig- I saw a version of Grunkle Stan looking at a kind of grunkle stand and be like <laughs> oh those are two different grunkle stands but it could have just as easily been like a doppelganger episode or the shape the shapeshifter mm-hmm. episode but as soon as i saw that i think if i'm right i saw that and i was like you know twins run in the family and that's immediately i was like yep this makes sense there's gonna be a twin brother the I, twins thing didn't even occur to me mm. I, i've been like saying things with a wink since you know, every time I'm here since we started the show, when, when he comes up, trying so hard not to strangle you. <laughs> Before we get too deep into this, I just want to say that I only wrote down one note for this episode, mm-hmm. and that was that I'm glad that amid all of this craziness, McGucket still cares about his raccoon wife. <laughs> <laughs> get in there, raccoon wife. Uh, yeah, it's pretty romantic. Yeah. So, um, we normally go over things by addressing the monster problem of the week, uh, the B-plot, and then talking about our favorite moments. I I think the monster problem of the week for this one is, do we trust Gunkirl Stan? Um, We are revealed in the beginning of the episode that um, someone has stolen radioactive power source (laughs) material of some mysterious kind, uh, and Stan obviously claims that it isn't him, but as Mabel and Dipper get more and more into it, they find out that that's not true. Um, and Seuss is, uh, what do you call, tasked with guarding uh, Stan's secret without really even asking why. Not guarding the secret, guarding the vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> Guard yeah. that vending machine with your life. You got it. It feels like he was just waiting for a moment in his life where someone would ask him to do that. Uh, I feel like that 
that episode that centered around Seuss, where he said that he would do anything for the Pines family, was almost thrown in there specifically to explain why he would be so adamant about protecting. And there's no need for it. I mean, as a character, you could just have him be like, yeah, he guards the vending machine because Seuss. Yeah. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of... um, this is the the if there's an overarching story for Gravity Falls, it's it's do you trust your family or what you would do for family? And I, I like the fact that the kids have yet another reason to uh, to you know be a little bit standoffish with their uncle, but that it doesn't resolve even in the end of this episode. They still have reason for it. in the next episode. I think you have to do this as a two parter, really. Yeah, it, it it's all gonna flow into each other. I think I want to draw attention to um, kind of the breakdown as Mabel and Dipper, you know, find out more about Stan. What did you how did we feel about the initial reveals? The, uh, you know, like the the box of Stan's fake IDs and the news article, you know, that stuff. I don't think I can name one off the top of my head, but I remember like snickering at each of the different names. Oh, they were all some great names. Yeah. The IDs never really threw me because I was like, well, he's a con artist. Like, he would have fake IDs. This makes sense. The mm-hmm. The article thing was a little bit like, oh, he faked his death at one point and kept a souvenir, whatever. Like, it was all kind of like, these were all things that I expected the character to kind You're of do. You're a real Mabel. <laughs> like, like, I wasn't Mabel because, like, Mabel's like, I'm sure there's a place for this. Me, it was just kind of like, no, he's half a scumbag. These are half scumbag things to do. I completely get that he would do all of these things, like fake his death or make phony IDs. That makes sense. Um, I don't know what I was expecting in the basement. I was very much just kind of like, uh, well, I'm going to find out, I guess, what's going to happen. I didn't expect the world to explode, at least there was that. How do we feel about um, Stan getting out of prison and the anomalies throughout the episode that were kind of tying into what was happening? Where gravity fell? Oh, this feels like, I I wish I knew when this was made, but is this like Inception era? Was this around when Inception came out? Because there was a lot of like... A lot of the same cinematography. Well, it was like 2015. When did Inception come out? Because I, I don't know. Inception came out in 2010. So it would be five years after Inception. So it's possible that they stole the imagery from that. I was kind of expecting a little bit of uh, some sort of explanation about the whole gravity anomaly thing tying into the name of the town. Which so far doesn't have any explanation, if I remember correctly. Um, it's not that it doesn't have an explanation. It seems that the closer the device got to powering up, the more ano- gravity-based anomalies yeah. were happening. Um, otherwise, I think it's just a nod. No, I'm just saying, I, I don't think we've ever explained why it's, the town is called Gravity Falls. No, no. We As of now, we have not gotten an explanation of why the town is called Gravity Falls. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting phrase there. As ne- of now. What was our, um, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about the reveal very quickly, but what did you feel, what was your initial feelings immediately at the end of the episode? I, it was really like, I, I think it was really sweet. I Just seeing the two brothers on the beach looking out, I knew that there was going, and it, also, you know it's not going to just be as simple as Stan is a bad guy, right? So I'm like looking at this and I'm like, this is just going to be really, this is going to be a really interesting, sweet explanation for uh, a character's motivations and backstory and I, I was looking forward to it I, I agree with Frank that ending of the with the credits where it silenced the two kids on the swings like that really emotionally hits pretty hard uh, just and seeing the reveal and just the the one line he's my brother cut like it's 
it works. It works really well because like that's where you leave. You can't go into the backstory immediately after that. Like it all has to. You have to have that moment of like just you know process. I would have hated to be watching this live originally <laughs> and like have to wait for the next episode. I've been. I, I watched Lost when it came out, so like I know the pain. I, I wouldn't want that in this. This is good. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. I forgot how late in the series that this was. So, and then it, it just reminds me how fleeting our time th- is at the end. I think that's one of my things too. Like I, I feel like we spend so much time with Ford, um, but it really, you know, this is episode eleven. It's yeah. it's a very small part of the show. So the the impact obviously that he has on the next couple of episodes is is large. Um, and I think that was cool to, to realize that as part of the rewatch. Well, technically, he's there the whole time because he's the author. So, like, his imprint is sort of on the show from day one, theoretically. That's true. That's a good way of saying it. Do we have any particular favorite moments? I know I have one. And it's at the very end of the episode where uh, someone is like, um, where Seuss faints. Someone's like, isn't this a time when somebody would faint? And Seuss is like, happy to do so. And just falls over and faints. I have a an odd uh, thing. I really like the dynamic between Dipper and Mabel in this. Like, they're working together for different reasons. Where Mabel wants to prove he's innocent and Dipper wants to find out the truth. And Mabel finds the photo of them on the on the desk. And Dipper sees the journal. And it's just kind of like, they're both just gravitate immediately to different things. Despite, like, aiming for the same goal. Um, it's an, an interesting. And it culminates in the in the finale, too. Where Mabel has to make the decision. Like, do you trust me? Or do you like... And, you know, her brother, like, who she's known forever, is like, just, no, don't don't trust him. Yeah. So this episode did have a list of uh, ciphers in it, or uh, a list of codes, um, including uh, one that says, my compass goes haywire the closer I get to them. Does this mean what I think it does? The answer may be underground. Uh, Guavament? Um, the original mystery twins, 30 years, and now he's back, the mystery in the mystery shack. Ah, I like that one. That rhymed. That's why I like it. So immediately into the next episode where we get the backstory of what the heck is going on, and this is called A Tale of Two Stands. Uh, and this is the, the long backstory between Stanford Pines and Stanley Pines. I would have loved it if this is one of those places where they released the titles beforehand and everyone was like, oh, well, we know what that means. <laughs> the whole season's worth of titles. A tale of two stands. What evil parents named their twins Stan Lee and Stanford? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's like if your your kid is like Pete Peterson. Yeah, you know, I like loved it. I not only that's just funny, mean. <laughs> I love it because like when you look at it and like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder which one's gonna be the Uncle Stan now because obviously it was. And then I'm like, wait, they're both Stan. Wait, and then they they refer to you could call me Ford. I'm like, Ford is a name. Ford is a definite name. And I was like, Lee is even a name. They could have called each other Ford and Lee, and it would have made sense. I was so happy that the parents had thought that well. (laughs) I don't think they thought that well. Into their gaggy name for their kids. I was like, good for you, cartoon parents. Good for you. Where do you you think in New Jersey they were? Oh, my God. Nowhere. What was it, Broken (laughs) Beach or like Broken Glass? Glass Shard Beach. Glass Shard Beach. I love it. Is that Atlantic City? Probably. I'd say that's Atlantic City. That's Atlantic no, City. definitely down the no. shore. Well, I mean, it, it, it would have to be someplace up around Highlands. 
in the Sandy Hook area, given the uh, the rocks and oh, the cave. Lord. Oh, okay. We're All doing right. this. I when I found out about this on our Discord, which you could join at non-productive.com slash Discord. Uh, I immediately went to Discord. We're like New Jersey. I was so happy, and Pete immediately responded <laughs> with a. No. <laughs> Kings of New Jersey. New Jer- Kings of New, New Jersey. Jersey. And when you don't criticize the Jersey Shore in front of Big Papa Pete without no. him fighting back in some way. But uh, yeah, no, I like these Jersey jokes. I, I'm okay with Glass Chard Beach. <laughs> so we get At least a look- I got uh, saltwater taffy right. Oh, is it inedible and terrible? Well, yes. oh, they just mentioned working at a saltwater taffy store. Mm. Uh, someone's got to scrape the gunk off the tables. So we uh, obviously see Stan and Ford as kids, um, and we see that they're very close. So we obviously need to see how kind of that relationship devolves into you know the relationship they have now, where at the beginning of this episode, Stan is like, I saved you, and Ford is like, why did you do that? Um <laughs> We kind of see a little bit, too, of their parents' personalities, a very stoic, sort of smarter man, and then uh, their mother being sort of the um, the con artist of the family, doing the, the psychic readings. Speaking of the parents, I have a question. Sure. Why does a phone psychic need a neon sign in her window announcing I don't for know. a phone psychic? <laughs> Nobody would go there to visit her. <laughs> Maybe her number's on it, and you just can't see it. Okay. Cinema. Not really. You okay, never know. Okay. Eh. I mean, is, is there for a motif, I guess? Who knows? How do we feel about their story? How do we feel about you know their upbringing, what drives them apart, and how we get to this point? I definitely feel like it's a like a weird schism from the previous episode where like it was more heart wrenching, you know, especially you know in the end with the the two kids on the swings and all that. It like it really just like completely wrenches it up. It you know almost like destroys all of the build-up from the last episode. I think in the best way possible, though. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. It's, it, I buy everything <clears throat> about it. The story... Sure. There, there's one or two minor hiccups to it. Like, you guys are, like, 17, 18 years old, and you're still thinking about going, like, treasure hunting on a boat? Like, come on, guys. Like, you're, you're like... That's, that's a thing? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Al. Al podcasting Baldino. <laughs> you toy company, toy sales... Video game sentences, Frank. Sentences, physician, heal thyself. (laughs) We are sitting behind expensive microphones. Just play along. Expensive micro, expensive real microphones that are definitely not coffee cans hooked up to wires on a uh, XP computer. That's what it sounds like. Shh. And we are talking about a cartoon show. It is. Fine. It is fine that these seventeen or eighteen year olds want to. They built a boat. Their boat can. Your car can't sail. You go to hell. Fair legit. Fair enough. I don't know. I think it's believable. You have the more gullible twin who's like, oh, like life is still fun, adventure, and then the realistic twin of, I should probably get a school because I'm really smart. So, and I feel like Stan really needed a bit of a wake-up call that he can't continuously just ride his brother's coattails for the rest of his life. But I don't think he really did. Oh, well, in terms of, like, getting through school, he did, but I don't think he was going to use that to be successful. He just wanted to get out and do something. Except he did kind of ride his brother's coattails for the rest of his life, in a way. Ah! Uh, yeah, it's it's really, it's a mix. Like, like he, yeah. he, he wouldn't have anything with if not for his brother, but vice versa also. Like, his brother would be... 
destined to be thrown into space and time or wherever the hell he was, if not for Stan. I would, and then I, he didn't even thank him. I'm going to go ahead and say, I think they are better with each other because uh, Stanford is very, very intelligent and uh, Stanley is very clever. Like, he's not necessarily, like, it's, it's the street smart thing, I guess you could argue, but I think cleverness is actually the better word for it. He Like, I don't think that what we see later in some of these episodes would have happened if uh, Stanley had been around to, you know, sort of be there to wise him up. I, yeah, I love the this. I love the uh, the backstory. I mean, it, it's incredibly touching. It was very um, bittersweet. Like it was sad to see what what Stan had to go through. Yeah, because uh, it was, and I had to rewind it. He, it wasn't really his fault. It was he an was angry, and he stamped his hand down, and it broke the machine, and maybe he didn't take responsibility, or whatever. But like, it really was an accident, and no one accepted. His pa- not his father, not his brother. No one bought it. They all just thought the worst of him. Yeah. Oh, well, his parents really wanted to ride the Smart Brothers coattails for the rest of their oh, lives. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Seeing dollar signs in the eyes. Well, they just had a baby, so, hey. Which was cute. I like that. I was like, oh, by the way, this is the the, uh, the twins' mother. Grandmother? Grandmother. Grandmother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they're great uncles. Grunkles. Mm-hmm. I just realized I must have like tuned out for that bit because i completely i i bought that he that stan actually did sabotage it intentionally you it was only a split second to the point yeah. where like i missed it i must have been looking down taking notes uh yeah. and then when i looked back up i was like uh did he really do that and i were wrong no he did not he i was never just... even questioned that he did that oh so oh but, really yeah just just because i missed that moment I missed the moment where it actually happens. So in my mind, I never even questioned. It's like, yeah, that that makes sense, and he he's kind of justified. I didn't really hold it against him. Yeah, and I can see why some people be mad at him because, like, well, what were you doing there in the first place? It's it's a tough story to to buy, even if it's even if it's the truth. And yeah. I I don't I can see why Ford is kind of looking at him through the window and being like, I mean, in that moment, not wanting to reach out, like it's. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I understand everybody in that situation. Maybe not necessarily like James said, the parents, or, or sorry, Michelle says with the parents. But, uh, <laughs> but just, I understand the brothers in those moments. I, I love that there is so much going on between uh, Stan leaving home and trying to make a name for himself. Everything was both funny and tragic. Him living in his car and the ridiculous products he came up with. Yes. Oh, so many great. What was the sham? It was sham like a sham ripoff. The <laughs> sham tail. The total sham. The total sham. What was the other one? Rip off. Like, the oh. rip off. Definitely uh, doesn't do cause rashes. Do you want band-aids that don't hurt? <laughs> the rip off. The rip off. And the one that I didn't even really give a lot of attention to was <laughs> Michelle's cracking up laughing. Was what a racket? You yes. It's some sort of racket, I guess. But uh, I love these things in the background. These background jokes are amazing. He's- um. Yeah. I. There was just. But like. Even. And then when he eventually does run into his brother again afterwards, uh, and his brother doesn't actually need him. He just needs him to do an errand for him, and their mis. Their disagreement basically hurls him off into time and space. Sure. Tragic. Maybe Stan's fault. Not really. I don't think. But imagine giving up what crappy life you have, just dedicate yourself to trying to bring your brother back. Uh, taking up his name, losing yourself, losing your identity, mm-hmm. becoming the owner of the mystery shack, uh, 
And then when you finally succeed, not even getting an apology or a thank you. So something that's funny to think about, um, when we're watching the other episodes and we see them watching TV and we see those ridiculous infomercials, I wonder if Stan ever had a ridiculous infomercial on <laughs> Gravity Falls television. Oh, that would be good. Because that would be great. Yeah. I'm sure he did. <laughs> Do you we find talk- yourself having too much money? <laughs> <laughs> but um, It's for pigs! But, but oddly enough, if we... It, if since we've explained like uh, Stan, Jesus, uh, since we explained Stan and his feelings, and like I think it's only fair to go through Ford's kind of like interpretation of those events as well. Like you're at this point feeling like the end of the world is like knocking on your doorstep to the point he's like checking like Stan's eyes to make sure it's really him. And yeah, it makes sense why Stan feels so betrayed. But like Ford is just like I I don't know what to do. Like everything's sort of falling around me and like. I, I've I've done something horrible and like yes I understand your feelings right now but also there's so much more important right now and I, I can't get that across and I don't know how to reach you and then it just like I think it, all the frustration it it matters on both their sides and just feeling like well you threw you because of this conflict I got thrown away from this life that I tried to build and everything that I cared about and had to go survive in outer space and like yeah like it's like okay well you fixed that what twenty some odd years later uh, yeah okay. Like, well, again, it makes sense. We get we get to see Ford's backstory, too, right? Well, we have obviously this feelings towards, you know, Stan, Stanley, because of, you know, he's the character we grew up with. But Ford, we watch Ford kind of drive himself mad with his connection to Bill, with putting Fiddleford in danger. And I think it's... What connection to Bill? <laughs> and I think it's hard, um, you know, I think it's it's... Not hard, but it's like it's beautiful and yet awful in some ways that after all of that that he's been through, that the only person he knows he can still trust is a brother he hasn't seen in years and years and years. You know, the as is obviously very important to the creator of the show, who's a twin, and to our main characters who are twins. You know, the connection between family, as Frank said before, is is everything about this show. So. Yeah, this the the for me the takeaway the strength the most powerful moment is Mabel and Dipper asking each other late at night like is this going to be us in the future? Mm. And for those of you who have siblings who are maybe getting a little older in years I I mean I've lived this. I've lived seeing my my parents bicker with their siblings and then as kids going, well, it's never going to be us. And then it becoming you. Yep. Yeah. So that's, uh, uh, it's pretty deep for a cartoon show. And again, it goes back to like, they both say like, well, what, are we going to get all stupid? Because they both realize like, well, one of you could have deescalated this at some point and both of you chose not to. Hmm. I think another powerful moment in there was uh, when Grunkle Stan agrees to uh, allow Ford to stay. But says you have to stay away from the kids. Yeah, and that, that honestly, it amazed me. Maybe it shouldn't have. It probably shouldn't have. But it amazed me how much he cared about those kids. Well, it's, to make that a condition. Yeah, it's tough because like we introduced just uh, you know an episode before that Stan is a liar. He's been lying about who he is the entire time. So to end it, you know, to end it to reaffirm that like. Stand and lie about this. Yeah, you know he really is this kid's these kids' uncle, and he really cares about them. He cares about them more than he might care about his own brother, and that yeah, it it's a little heart wrenching. Yeah. One interesting thing about these two opening episodes is it's it provides origins for so many things that didn't need origins. 
like Lazy Susan's eye, <laughs> and so many other things. Even the the uh, what uh, from dusk till dawn, uh, convenience store, and there was just so many little things. Where like oh, Tyler's oh, catchphrase comes from. Get him! Get him! Yes. I didn't need them, but I'm glad I got them. <laughs> I also like that the mystery shack was originally called the murder hut. <laughs> Any other favorite moments? I got two, and it's just both both scenes at the end of the episode are just great, where they erase um, powers and triggers memories, and we pull back from the other episode. But also, Wendy in bed. Oh, was, oh no. so it was, yes. It's 3 a.m., and there was Stan, and then other Look, Stan I said he was I'm this Stan. I understand, you, and he keeps going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor Wendy. I, I had another one, uh, one, another one of those meta moments. Where uh, where Dipper sits there and says, uh, "I'm not sure this is a good thing. I wanted to meet the author, but I kind of liked things the way they were." That's a good one. I I love. Uh, Seuss gets another favorite oh, line of mine yeah. when he's lying. like, "This better live up to my fanfic." Or else I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> I'm hoping this aligns perfectly with my Stan fanfic. <laughs> And I'm like, that was directly aimed at the audience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, we're going to get worse in the next episode. Let's be real. Uh, I enjoy uh, uh, Nothing to See Here, folks, is the uh, the motto of Gravity Falls. It's on the <laughs> billboard as you cross. And honestly, I think this entire series is a funny cartoon Stranger Things. It's a lot like Stranger it, Things. I mean, that's basically what Ford was doing. He was trying to punch a hole... Through a dimension, and uh, yeah, there was a lot. Of, I wrote, I was right. This is this is Stranger Things, but funnier, slightly funnier. Yeah, but I mean, there's no D and D references yet. Yet. <laughs> what a perfect segue. The cryptograms uh, and codes for this episode. Backups more university. You tried, <laughs> and then these are were combined. A stubborn, tough, new Jersey native, Philbrick wasn't too creative. Having twins was not his plan, so he just shrugged and named named them both Stan. Uh, and then, uh, reminder, Bill Cipher, Triangle. Mm, interesting. Yeah, but there's still no Dungeons and Dragons references. It's funny you should say that. The next episode is That's called a Dungeons, less funny than Dungeons <laughs> and Dungeons. More dungeons. Uh. I'm sorry, it's not Dungeons, Dungeons, more Dungeons, it's Diggity Dungeons and all that. <laughs> well, you just what revealed the... my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> this isn't so the frickin' 90s, man. Uh, Dippler finds an unlikely friend to join him with his newest obsession, a board game called Dungeons, Dungeons, and More Dungeons. Was this written during the period where every show was obligated to do a and d episode? I, mean, I feel no, like it was Was that 2015? It may have been. That's significantly before the giant Dungeons and Dragons explosion. It was, but remember, the the Dungeons and Dragons explosion was presaged by uh, the community episode with D and D. The other things that had D and D. There was a Rick and Morty. I don't know, give a crap. I'm not going to follow up with this on anything. <laughs> eh, Simpsons did it. But I will say, out of the myriad of um, episodes where we've referenced games, I think they kind of nail it on this one. This was pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Do you? You think this is accurate to Dungeons and Dragons? No, yeah, but I like it. I'll explain. Oh, yeah. I like it way more than I've liked the video game was the episodes. That, was that Wizard Weird Al? Yes, it was. Yes, yes it oh, was. Oh, nice. Probabilitor? Yes. <laughs> so this this one can fall back pretty easily into our usual format since it's not super plot heavy. We have the monster problem of the week, which is that Dipper is looking for a friend and he finds one in Ford. Well... Uh, Stan and Mabel have to learn to kind of share some of that space with their new roommate, right? Which is is Ford and, and what his interests are and what he wants to do. Um, and then we have, I guess, kind of the start of the B plot, although it's mostly, um, I don't know, it's mostly A plot. I guess you have Stan and Mabel just making fun of Ford and and Dipper. And it's prepping. It, oh, no, this think, continues on with the whole what what these twins are like and how they match up and how they don't match up. But their various strengths kind of back up the other people's weaknesses. I feel like it's it's really actually like an inverted episode that the A plot is really more of a B plot and the B plot becomes the A plot. See, I felt like the B plot was them wanting to watch the season finale of Detective. That is pretty important. Yeah, it really is. And also, like, we get, like, you know, a really great reveal at the end of Detective. It was his twin brother! I mean, you want to talk about them getting meta. That was <laughs> it's like a motif yeah, a little or something. Jab right there. <laughs> what? It was a twin? I called this a year ago. It's like, uh, all right. Okay, fair enough, guys. All right. You, we all know you got this right. It's fine. Uh, but I, I do. Mean, okay. Other than the concept of them, like, kind of backing each other's. You know, Stan's straight smartness and his willing to cheat and gamble uh, actually being helpful in this game and a couple of really memorable stuff that happens in the game. Like this episode, the strength of this episode is mocking the genre more than anything. And I, I've got so many wonderful pull quotes and concepts go, go for it. it let's do it what are your favorites uh, I love the d20 staff I'm making one of those and it was an <laughs> infinite die staff um uh, that sexy elf looks promising. <laughs> Mabel, good for you. And I think the line, there are two lines that are now part of my life. Uh, one is, it could be something my wife says to me. You've been saying dork words for hours. <laughs> I, I really do love it. Um, and then your math is no match for my gun, you idiot. <laughs> that was so good. I think for me, it's probably uh, Seuss doing F C L O R P, which oh, is the uh, his version of live action role playing at foam. What was it? Foam. Foam sanction. Something. Cardboard. Cardboard. Lie. Uh, don't wow. do it. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Wow. It doesn't matter. Imagine somebody on the internet listening to this going, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> I will say my favorite part is definitely going to be there are no cops in the forest. We take the store graves. <laughs> uh, I probably my favorite part is the fact that Mabel plays uh, like tabletop RPGs like I do, which is to say terrible. Mm-hmm. Just ruin the experience for everyone, but in the best ways. I uh, I have never identified with Dipper more than uh, the moment where he's trying to play the RPG with. Was it the pig or uh, not? The goat. It was the, oh, goat. the goat. And just suddenly stops and says, wow, this is sad. Maybe I should start obsessing over Wendy again. <laughs> <laughs> I have another good one. Um, when Stan swats away the fairy, it goes, hey, look, listen, which is a Zelda oh, reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we had that. 
And I think this episode was important. We had just two very heavy episodes, so to be able to build the relationships of these characters while relaxing and having a bit more fun with it was important. You don't want to do... The show is a good balance of being able to be like heavy and not heavy. Yeah, and it built up uh, Ford and uh, Dipper's relationship a bit more so that we can, like... They seem to be trusting and working with each other, which is nice. And also, we get the reveal of the the rift in this episode. Correct. We do find out that... um, Ford is hiding the rift, um, which we find out why that's important later. Uh, there are two secret codes in this episode. Excelsior whatever. Uh, and fun and games are great distractions, but small things can have chain reactions. That sounds like something that would be hand-painted on a board and put above like a kitchen awning. Wow. <laughs> a really weird Live, laugh, awning. love. <laughs> I'm gonna paint this for you I'm and put that. it above your kitchen Please. awning. Please, into that. I would be very okay with that. The next episode is the Stanchurian Candidate. Whoa! Uh, uh, the Stanchurian Candidate uh, is when Grunkle Stan decides to run for mayor. Dipper and Mabel have their work cut out for them, trying to turn their gaff-prone uncle into the perfect candidate. Uh, this episode's kind of terrifying if you think about it oh too god. much. Oh god! Oh god! Early precedent. <laughs> I, I like that we're. Uh, I like that we're still we're this late in the series and still introducing new characters. Oh yes, I'm looking Tad at Tad Strange. Strange. <laughs> Tad Strange is the best. They have such great names for characters oh, sure. in this show. I mean, his name was just a joke, but still a great name. Yeah, that means a lot coming from you, Tad. Like that was just so good. Oh, I god. like bread. um so the a plot of this episode is stan is running for mayor and because he is running for mayor he puts his foot in his mouth all the time and since he is running against bud who assumably is uh controlled quote unquote by gideon they don't want him to win it is um it is the return of gideon from uh from prison just enough gideon as far as i'm concerned i don't need that much (laughs) Uh, well, and Gideon kind of feels less important now with so much other stuff going on as he, like a main villain. Yeah, he is very much a return of the season one formula. Um, not, not even the season one formula, but like the, the season one stakes, um, as it were. Uh, not to not a detriment. I still think it, the episode works fine, and it's a pretty decent episode. But I I like that we are remembered he's still around. He's still a bad guy. I like that this reintroduces how bad the the politics or the government <laughs> of Gravity Falls is. I was going to point out that the uh, the Gravity Falls election system seems to make at least as much sense as the electoral college. <laughs> I was going to say I was a big fan of it. You know <laughs> the e- uh, the eagle at the end. The, the little smooch. The stump speech. That was adorable. The debate the freedom. Eagle choosing. A birdly kiss. <laughs> it was so cute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Good. And like, oh, we forgot that the mayor died. He yeah, was like yeah. a million years old. Or something like that, right? He was raised by bears. <laughs> but he gets a... Oh, uh, death, you're here at last. <laughs> <laughs> the news anchor is so upset. She's like, we've never had news. Oh. <laughs> I'm just so happy. He does get a a Mount Rushmore-like statue, though, in honor of him that they do the debate in front of. How do we feel about the um, the plot device for the episode or the 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 technology, the Gravity Falls tech that Ford gives them, the controlling tie? Honestly, I almost tuned it out. It was so like inconsequential to anything <laughs> else that it was just all about the other things. I think it just points to the fact that like. Ford is like in Gravity Falls that fast, like 
you know, playing off your point that like it like he feels ingrained already in the show. Mm-hmm. I would say I was really hooked as soon as they did it, used it on Seuss. And, like, the the weight of what they were doing was both hysterical and awful. Because you got to see Seuss just, like, absolutely, oh, okay, something's wrong. I'm, like, like literally going through trauma, but it's, like, really funny. Uh, and I like that they do that first, before they do everything to stand. Yep. So they're, like, you should feel a little bit guilty about this, but we're going to make you laugh. Yep. That's Gravity Falls, man. Also, the line about Ronald Reagan's masters. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, cartoon. You ain't pulling punches. You don't know what's happening in the next couple of years. Settle down. <laughs> the kids don't even know who Ronald Reagan is. Meaninglessly mean. They've never even heard the reference from Back to the Future 1. What my wife, while we were watching this episode, says this all takes on a whole lot more meaning. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I like my favorite part of it, I think, was the one does not simply meme that they generated. You're <laughs> memeing hard is what Wendy says. And there was a one does not simply, I think, teach kids to swear uh, on TV is what they use. with, And, and it's the perfect that like, they got. Here's an image which I hope we use actually in the podcast, but we may not. That's that's that grunkle stand is the perfect Sean Bean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, does that mean he's going to die? So there was. There were some fun um, tidbits, actually, before this episode, or some cool trivia. Um, Alex Hirsch made a Stan Pines for Mayor account and webpage and released a whole bunch of Stan-related memes uh, to promote his campaign the week leading up to this episode. That's great. Um, Which, I don't know if the website's still live. Probably not. But I'm going to click it. Oh, nope. It's still there. (laughs) Still there. That's great. So you threw me with the nope. Oh, but I yeah. just didn't think it'd be there anymore. So, if we're going to favorite moments, I have to say I'm kind of, I'm kind of fond of the rescue. I don't know why that one gets me pretty hard, but just watching him just rip the the sleeves off his shirt and just like, oh yeah, Stan did punch that pterodactyl that one time. So, yeah, he he can he can be a hero. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Stan can be a badass. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like I'm into it. I, the, I like it whenever he does stuff like that. He is the brownie brother. Uh, I liked all of uh, Mayor Befuffle Fumper's uh, story. The fact that he was raised by bears in the wilderness around Gravity Falls, uh, that he started the First World War, uh, and that he was also the one responsible for being sent for Gideon being sent to adult prison. It's like his list of accomplishments. <laughs> I made sure that Shad went to adult prison. Oh, okay. That's not what I want to be known for, but okay. Real adult prison. <laughs> yeah, that, that was important. Real adult prison. I do like Gideon in prison as well, though. He's very funny. It's like Dr. Evil-esque in prison. Really. Yeah, he really is. I got finger paint and I can't go make friendship bracelets. I'm not having fun in here, Dad. Get me out of this place. Any other favorite moments? The eagle again. I just like I could watch that. I like just on loop. The kiss. Yeah. The little kiss. Yes, it is the best. This is just the concept of the townspeople throw bird seed <laughs> at the person they want to win, and then the bird, the eagle, will go after that. Yeah. Like, what if the eagle isn't hungry? Is there no mare? Well, if the eagle's hungry, it's not going to go for bird seed. That's yeah. not what eagles do. <laughs> That's true. But he seems, like, domesticated. Ah, my face. Uh, so. 
Can we the, also talk about the uh, the ending though, the end credits, where it's it's very much like, oh, it looks like it's just gonna be a joke thing, and then like, oh, poster, you're the only thing keeping me going. Rip. All right, let's summon Bill. Like that's a pretty that's a very hard right. It takes very quickly and then ends. Bum bum bum. Now at this point, did did like the people watching know that the show was gonna end in like? I don't know. Um, I think we I'll were aware that, that there was up. only gonna be two seasons at this point. I mean, there was the fact also that like the very end took. So the uh, only cryptogram uh, code for this episode is be wary of whom you belittle. Big problems can start out. Whittle. <gasps> oh my gosh. I, for- I forgot about that great, the great moment. The greatest moment in the entire series actually is when uh, what's his name wins and he just goes, got it. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He gets it. Yeah. He does. Like, that was it. the best moment of the whole series right there. All right. The last episode in this set is The Last Mablecorn, uh, which is a nod to the uh, comic series uh, or comic The Last Unicorn. And, uh, and excellent movie. And excellent movie. And, and child's book. And children's book. And fabulous song by America. And fabulous song by America. Um, but uh, basically, a new threat leads Mabel on an adventure um, to get some unicorn hair. Well, Dipper in the B-plot gets to spend some time with Ford and learn a little bit about uh, Bill Cipher. I think this episode is hysterical, and I realize I never saw it my first go around. Really? So this was your first time. This is my first time seeing it. it. And like, it's hysterical. Like, I say that a lot about a lot of episodes, but I'm glad. Like, oh man, there was one fresh one le- left in there that I hadn't seen yet. That was just really funny. Having gone for the cycle, this is the funniest episode in my opinion. I could not stop laughing the first time I watched it. It is certainly weird, and I love that it. Predominantly focuses on children beating up unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like my favorite part of us watching was like, is that is that snot that, or that's blood? blood? That's blood. That is that's, blood. That's definitely <laughs> blood. Yeah. Covered in blood. Yep. So during the episode, Mabel is going out to get the unicorns, and we can focus a little bit on on that a plot where the unicorn essentially is tricking Mabel into thinking that she needs to be pure of heart. So Mabel has to go and do a whole bunch of nice tasks. Um, which are then, you know, turned turned out to be uh, just a whole ruse by yep. the unicorn. She's having this whole existential crisis, uh, just to the point where she's just crippled. Like I can't do anything until I'm, I I want to be a good person. It's my, it's my whole character. That's what I am. I don't really understand the logic that the whole uh, pure of heart thing keeps humans from bothering the unicorns, because it seems like it keeps bringing them back. Maybe everyone just is like, oh, well, I'm a scumbag. I can't get the unicorn hair. I mean, that would be my assumption. Because so, that seems like that's Ford's assumption. Well, we could never get that. Unicorns are just too difficult. I don't know. That's not the X-Men I know. <laughs> well, that's a that's a throwback to something we just recorded. Yep. Listen to Near Mint. I actually like that the unicorns are jerks. It's just, uh, it's again, uh, like you kind of walk into this episode I think he, I'm, Frank had the exact same interpretation I had, where Wendy walked in there, and I was like, oh, the, she doth protest too much. She's going to all of a sudden be like, but I actually like you. And was like, oh, no, we went the opposite route. Never mind. <laughs> we are we are hardcore going the other way, where we're ending this by beating the tar out of unicorns. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Mm-hmm. Shocked, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. This is definitely a reoccurring trope in other series that I cannot think of examples of anywhere, where, like, 
unicorns are jerks and unicorns are uh, very like you're thinking of uh my little pony charlie the unicorn magic. i mean predominantly when well you, yeah the, the last unicorn <laughs> kind of yeah. mine was a joke but, but no the thing is fine. is twilight sparkle is irritating and she thinks Bam. she's better than everyone else because she a unicorn she a bee so a bee corn <laughs> i mean an alicorn technically but let's do splitting hairs Money. I like the drug scene. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god! Right? The that entire deal. exchange from them busting in the door to the gnome bar, and then them like getting fairy dust is amazing. They trade, they trade they butterflies for fairy for fairy dust, and then the it's a sting operation. But the cop is cop is dirty, so he takes half the fairy dust. And kids did not pick up on any of that, and parents. Uh, we're probably concerned, but they couldn't <laughs> say anything. Everyone loves Because it would tip off the kids. It's the perfect game, Alex. I just feel like the episode just morally tumbles down the hill continuously through the end of the episode. Here. It's, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. spectacular because you find out the unicorn's lying. Then they beat the hell out of a bunch of unicorns. And I mean, the uniform, the unicorns get in a fight with three little kids and, and a teenager, but like three little kids. <sighs> but they to win. The point they where, steal treasure. To yeah. the point where Grunkle Stan just runs past the table Money. and steals the treasure. Can we also... From his own family. Can well, we... Bill Cipher was in this, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, before we get to Bill, we also want to mention that in the Stanturian Candidate, they mention one of Stan's crimes is pug trafficking, which we then see immediately here. <laughs> I I what is he that. doing with those pugs? I, I do not support... Animal trafficking. Crap, it's and the fuzz. Stan gets negative points for Michelle this week. Well, you don't know what Boo Stan. You know, They're going to be fine. Animal in trafficking. You don't know you what know. it means? It could mean that he's trafficking them, the owners and people that would want I pugs. I disagree with all of this. I think <laughs> that the horrible world we have found ourselves in now, we now can pretty much say that what he's doing is awful. It must, it, it's, it's, a, I know it was meant as like a, oh, a joke thing. Pug traffic, trafficking, what does that mean? But all I can think of now is puppy mills, and I hate no, yeah. Uncle Sam. Yeah. Boo! The world is horrible. No, he's sending them to freedom in Canada. So we also had some plot in this episode. Can you believe it? Yeah, right? Um, we got to spend time with Dipper Ford, uh, Dipper and Ford, and we learned about Ford's relationship with Bill, that he was formerly tricked by Bill. Um, he believed he was receiving this knowledge to you know, further his research and figure out the source of all the magic and weird things in Gravity Falls. And in fact, Bill was just tricking him to, you know, get into our world. Just like Ariel. Yep. <laughs> A little mermaid. Mm-hmm. Part of our world. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It was an okay. I like, I like seeing Bill Cipher's creepy, kind of cool character. I know that it's worth reintroducing him, saying, hey, kids, remember this? This is going to be a problem later on. We haven't talked about him in an episode or two. But, like, uh, honestly, I could deal without seeing another episode of people questioning their family and then finding out that they shouldn't question their family and finding out that the doom is coming and then blah, blah. It's, yeah, we did We did I, it just I, a few episodes yeah. ago. So, uh, Do we have any other favorite moments from this episode? There's a, a bit of text that flashes behind Dipper when he's in the mind thing uh, that I personally like, and it's uh, I Miss Tyrone, which is the first clone <laughs> Dipper Aww. makes in the, uh, the clone episode. I, I Miss Tyrone, too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was a fun episode. I really wonder where those clones are. 
The two that rode off into the distance? Yeah. Was it by stealing Robbie's bike? Well, they probably uh, disintegrated. We don't know that. Yeah. Young Robbie. I was a big fan of Wendy, 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 Wendy. You can ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, like, I actually, like, I'm actually not a big fan of that because I'm like, oh, man, I thought we were done with this. I guess we're not, uh, but whatever. But I guess, I, like, it is like that thing of, like, haha, it's, it's just a joke. So I'm like, all right, I can, I don't have to worry about it too much, I guess. All right. So we have only five more episodes to go. And we will be done with Gravity Falls. Is everyone excited? Woo! Woo! I'm angry for some reason! <laughs> well, then you don't have to participate. I am profoundly <laughs> hype. I want to know what everyone thinks about where this is going. Well, you're never going to know what I think, because I was uninvited just now by James. You're oh, re-invited. No. Uh, Michelle, were you uh, inviting me? Oh, I'm inviting him. No, I'm podcast. sorry. I'm watching my cat on a video camera. We are done. <laughs> Wrap we're this podcast up. <laughs> I mean, I want to watch I mean, the cat, And I mean, we're too. done. No, bro. It's <laughs> over. If anyone wants to adopt a kitten in three to six weeks, give me a call. All right. Subscribe, like, uh, become a Patreon and, and member thing and, and adopt also a adopt a cat. also and also adopt my kitten any patreon min, uh, <laughs> member who dip, dips it at the dollar level can get a free kitten well no uh, free is marginal we can start per, we can start uh, we will contribute one dollar to your adoption fee right. of a kitten maybe we can find somebody who can uh, ship us more kittens from oregon you can name no. it pro no non-pro cat we already had a non-pro cat. Knocked over all their crappy mugs. <laughs> and we had to, to ship it to East Brunswick? I the cat or the yeah. mics? Yeah, first one and then the other. <laughs> is there it's anything, weird. before we before we close up entirely, is there anything, uh, Pete or Frank, that you guys want or expect out of the ending? Because that's where we're at. Uh, I, I want them to acknowledge that the summer's over but that there will be other summers because you know i know maybe there'll never be another season of gravity falls but they're still a family i I don't want it to just be over i also don't want their parents to show up because parents who needs them i uh i want bill to have been a bigger thing leading up to this so you retroactively want something else? yeah i don't know it's like it feels like bill is this is going to be this huge part of the end of it. But he was only in two episodes before this. He's in a few more than that, but it's hard when there's only, you know, a total of 40 episodes. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app. Join the discussion over on our Discord or Facebook fan club, and please support us on our Patreon. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.